Well, we've been talking about healing. I think it's a pretty good subject for what we're, what we're dealing with nowadays, right? Um, and uh, I have really enjoyed studying because it's really shored me up in a lot of ways, which I'm really thankful for. But in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, uh, we're going to read this portion of Scripture. It's one of my favorite healing stories uh, in the Gospels uh, because there's just a truckload of rich, wonderful things that happen in these five verses that are life-changing. So can we read them together? In Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, it says, And Jesus, having returned to Capernaum, after some days it was rumored about that he was in the house, probably Peter's. Jesus is in the house! <laughs> Verse 2, And so many people gathered together that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door, and he, Jesus, was discussing the word. The New King James Version tells us this, that there was no longer room to receive. How many times in your life have you come upon a situation that it just seemed like no matter how hard you tried with God, there's just no longer any room in you to receive? I mean, I've done it. I know you've done it. It's just like, wow, you know, why can't I seem to connect with this promise? This is crazy. I mean, I know it's mine. I know but there was just no longer room to receive. This situation was the same. In life, sometimes we come to the point for that, uh, come to the point that for one reason or another, we just can't seem to connect with a promise. Has anybody ever experienced that before? I put up both feet, but then I could fall over. So I've had that happen. And, and what I've usually done in the past is just keep on doing the same things I'm doing to try to get to the answer that I was looking for. And 80% of the time that doesn't work. Sometimes it does because it's just a faith thing and I need to stand and trust and believe God. But a lot of times it's because either I'm believing a lie, I'm believing something wrong in my thinking, I'm not seeing myself. For me it was I wasn't seeing myself as the righteousness of God in Christ. I was seeing myself as John, the guy who loved Jesus. And once I got that picture fixed, man, it fixed a bunch of pictures. But I didn't know that until Jesus pointed it out and said, the reason is, here it is. And I was able to tweak those things, and then all of a sudden, the promises were connecting with me. Imagine that. So I think it's important for us to self-evaluate. How many of you love to be in the room with the same person who is completely not self-aware? Nobody loves that. It's like, gosh, are you so oblivious? I just heard this today. I thought it was so good. My friend, you guys know Heather Sabinski. Most of you do, Scott and Heather Sabinski. So Heather was talking to me, and she said, you know, my boss said this to somebody, and I thought it was so interesting because it was non-threatening. Do you understand how people are experiencing you? Well, no, but, but, but that's not my heart. But that's, I, I understand that. But do you understand how people experience you? And the problem is, is most of us are not in touch with how people experience us. So we have to go overboard to look at our own heart, look at our own life, and trust key people around us to help us to point out blind spots. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. You're just being quiet because you're really thinking, I know. This is when we ask Jesus to remove 
the impediment by showing us what it is. Notice just because this guy heard Jesus speaking the word, the guy who was paralyzed, that didn't have the effect of healing on him. He needed to get before Jesus. It's that experience we're talking about. He needed to experience Jesus for himself. Verse 3, then they came bringing a paralytic to him who had been picked up and was being carried by four men. This is so significant, this scripture. Um, I really believe that this is a type of prayer. Then they came bringing a paralytic to who had been picked up and was being carried by four men. A lot of times what we can do through our prayer support for others is we can help carry them. Sometimes people are just too weak to go themselves and they just need the love and support of others to carry them. That's why, especially in this pandemic of what we're dealing with, it's not the time to isolate yourself and be alone. We need the support of other people around us and make sure that we do. At least staying in contact with them, um, should you have, you know, uh, real health concerns, at least staying in contact by phone, by text, by, by doing what you can and, and, and being wise with that. Um, the Bible tells us they picked him up and carried him. The idea of picking him up has this definition to it. To move, progress, carry, and cause to have an experience. That's what that means if we look at it in the Greek. That's incredible. I want to say it again. That when we help carry people through prayer, we're helping to move them, to progress them, to carry them, and cause them to have their own experience with Jesus. That's why prayer is so important. And that's why we have uh, prayer lines that you can call at 7 a.m. in the morning and 6.45 p.m. in the night, Monday through Friday, where we have people getting on and praying together just for 15 minutes. Just for 15 minutes. Steve, you got that slide real quick about the prayer uh, slide? Sorry, man, I'm, I'm, I'm making poor Steve earn his heavenly dollar today. Mm. So there's the number. You just call the number, and immediately you're on the call, and you don't have to pray. You can just listen and be a part, but we really encourage people to be a part by praying. We have one prayer leader and then other people pray as well. So really want to encourage you to be a part of that. That is a, you'll be shocked how much that will be a support and a boost to you um, as you go throughout your week. So really encourage you to do that. Uh, the Bible tells us that they picked him up and carried him. This is what we want to do to help others receive what they need, whether it be healing or anything else. Um, these things can be done through prayer, but they can also be done through the physical process of giving of yourself to help someone else. There's not a lot of selflessness in the world today. Would you agree with that? I mean, there's just real, it's really about, well, what's this going to do for me? Well, how will this benefit me? There's never the thought of, well, you know, we should do this because it's, I don't know, the right thing? You know, now it's just more of this, you know, I, I got to guard me and mine. But you know what? I don't got to guard me and mine when I'm totally trusting Jesus for everything that he provides. 
I really don't because I can, I can freely give to people and freely help and, and be a blessing to other people without worrying about, oh gosh, it's just going to take so much from me. Can I just tell you something? Uh, in the past, uh, in the circles that we've ministered in and everything, it was always the pastor has to get alone with God. And we know this is true. The pastor needs to get alone with God. But you know, the pastor doesn't come out and talk to people before and he doesn't talk to people afterwards because he's got to guard the anointing. and He's got to guard the, you know. And Jennifer and I just don't believe in that. We just don't. We believe that because... Jesus love for us to show people Jesus love is the most important thing in the world we want to be with you before and after like someone asked me well did you do a green room so you guys can go in there and be away from the people and pray and I said we don't need one well, what do you mean uh, the people that's where we want to be we want to be in amongst the people hanging out with the people before service after service and throughout the week that's what it's all well, why don't you have offices in the new building because we should be out in the community with the people we don't need offices your car can be your office. Your home can be your office. We're, we're just really, really wanting to get out in the community and do things right. And like I said, we're going to do a better job of helping the poor this coming year, for sure. Can you guys see why isolation is just so dangerous? Proverbs 18.1 in the Amplified says this. And I, Steve, did I put that in there? I don't know if I did or not. But it says this. Well, look at that. I did again. I'm doing it and I don't even realize it. No, actually, Mackenzie did it. Mackenzie is now putting all the scriptures in. Thank you, Mackenzie. We love you. Even though you're not here tonight, we love you. He who willfully separates and estranges himself from God and man seeks his own desire and pretext to break out against all wise and sound judgment. It is never good to isolate yourself because when we isolate ourselves, we become devil's food. You've seen all the little wonderful you know, uh, nature shows where they're where the lion's chasing after the pack of gazelles and all of a sudden one just decides, that's it, I'm out of here, and goes the other way. Guess what? He don't go with the herd no more. That one's devil's food. That one's lion's food right there. We don't want to isolate ourselves. We want to be right in the midst of the body, um, hanging out with the body, being a part of the body, giving courage and receiving courage. That's what's important for us. Um, <clears throat> verse four says this, and when they could not get to him, get him to a place in front of Jesus because of the throng. And like I said last week, how many of you have been around throngs before? And we were looking at, okay, a throng is just a gigantic crowd that presses in. We talked about that last week. They dug through the roof above him. And when they had scooped out an open, can you imagine if it's probably Peter's house? He goes, hey, what's going on? I'm going to have to fix that when you leave. Hopefully they fixed it. Anyway, uh, and when they scooped out an opening, they let down the thickly padded quilt or mat upon which the paralyzed man lay. They didn't let the limitations of not being able to get to Jesus stop them. Now imagine, can you imagine the effort it would take to take a full-grown man, bring him up on a roof, break through the roof, and then lower him down? I'm sure that was difficult. I'm sure that was hard. I'm sure it was not convenient you know, convenience, uh, <laughs> uh, life is not convenient, y'all. It's not convenient to go out and to, 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 to be there for somebody when they need you, when you're tired and you've had your own difficult week. It's not. It's not convenient. Well, I can't, I can't do that or I can't be a part of that because, you know, it's just so inconvenient to drive the extra 10 miles. Wow. 
wow, we need to circle back and we need to look at what we're doing and even why we're doing it. And that's really important. They did the most important thing. They got him in front of Jesus. And at that moment, this man has an experience with Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, their confidence in God through him, he said to the paralyzed man, son, again, remember like last week, your sins are forgiven you and put away. That is the penalty is remitted. The sense of guilt removed. We are trying so desperately hard to get the sense of guilt removed in our lives. And you are made upright and in right standing with God. Jesus saw their faith and honored their faith and healed this man. We can, we can uh, carry people to a certain point with our faith. Trust and wholehearted belief in Jesus. Jesus saw their faith, not the man's. So if, if you have a friend and they have to carry you with their faith for a little bit, that's okay. That's okay. I am trying so desperately hard to remove guilt, condemnation, and sin from you because that is a main reason why people don't receive healing from Jesus. The devil is on a quest 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 12 months a year, decade after decade, eroding your confidence and putting you in condemnation because when you're in condemnation, you, you don't feel like you're worthy to receive anything. And that's the problem with most people. They don't believe that they're worthy. Well, I blew it. I kind of got upset with my wife and said something that was ugly, so I don't really even deserve anything. Well, you shouldn't have done that, obviously. You should apologize to your wife and buy her some really nice flowers or expensive jewelry. <laughs> but besides that, we all blow it and do dumb things, and we repent and we get before God, and this is how I repent. Father, thank you that you have forgiven me. I thank you, Lord, that you've forgiven me from that, and I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and I thank you that you've already forgiven me, and I receive that in Jesus' name. That is where we need to, and we can't let one go by and just hold on to the guilt. That will eat you alive, eat you alive. I really believe once this man got before Jesus, he addresses the main reasons of this man's inability to connect with the promise of healing. He said, hey, your sins are forgiven. Imagine Jesus just looking at him with love and saying, your sins are forgiven. I don't hold them against you. And this man was probably like a burden lift off of him. And he was able to receive at that, at that point. I love this part. He actually addresses him and he says, Son, capital S, your sins are forgiven. First of all, Jesus talked to him with covenant family talk. You're a part of my family. Son, your sins are forgiven. You're a part of this family with all the rights and privileges, not because of what you have done or not done, but because of what Jesus has done. He also removed condemnation and proclaimed your sins are forgiven. We have to see ourselves as sons and daughters of God. Can you just take a one more quick moment? Close your eyes real quick. Use your holy imagination see God's throne or however you see Jesus and just say this with me. Say, I am worthy to receive your love because of what Jesus did. Okay. I think you should do that like throughout the day, every day. I, I feed on grace and the love of God 
every single day. Because when I don't, it doesn't go well for me. I just got to get my mind in the right place. Mark 10, we'll look at this uh, portion of scripture and then we'll, we'll close for tonight. Mark 10, they came to him, uh, they came to Jericho and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is so important that we understand that we cry out to him for whatever we need because of who he is and what he's done and what he's already said he would do. He cried out on covenant, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Romans 12, three, and I read this to you last week. I love the second half of the of verse in the message. It says, no, God brings it all to you. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I need to go back to living then. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. There's a movement in Christianity, uh, probably been going on for the last 10 years or so, the leadership movement. And, been, and it's almost like, I have found, this is just my personal thing, I have found that some people are more excited about leadership than they are about Jesus. Um, so that's out of balance, obviously. But the whole idea of this movement, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about leadership because leadership is very important, but this movement uh, that we've experienced, it's, it's to strive towards accomplishments and making yourself better by doing more. You gotta change, you gotta change, you gotta change, you gotta change. Where's the point where we relax and go, I'm just so content being a son of God. Right, and we, and we do things out of the motivation of, I love Jesus, not boy, I gotta do something to make myself feel better about me. Not good, not good. Um, we should feel good of ourselves because what Jesus has already done for us. That's why I feel good about myself. Now, am I saying, well, don't do anything, don't read, don't, you know, the, no, of course not. I'm just saying, don't get in the ditch of the carrot that's before your nose that you can't catch. Well, if I do this, then I'll be accomplished. If I do that, then I'll be, if I get this degree, then I'll be accomplished. You know what? You're still going to be you if you have degrees all over the place. You're still going to be you and have to deal with the inner demons that you deal with. Until we get to the point where we go, Jesus, grace, and love is enough, and I can rest in that. Yeah. Notice his conviction. Uh, verse 48. Then many warmed in to be quiet. They qu cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. They were insistent upon the covenant. So Jesus stood still. When you cry out to Jesus because of uh, cry out to the Father because of what Jesus has done on that basis, God stands still. Jesus stood still right in the midst of this. He stood still. I love that. Man, I love that. And commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. Notice when he's calling on this covenant family relationship, it makes Jesus stand still. And then he goes, and then throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Well, why did he do that? Because his garment was associated with his blindness. 
And he took that garment and he threw it aside in expectation of what Jesus was going to do for him. You need to throw aside your old thinking in expectation of what Jesus is going to do for you. So that's, that's our part. This is significant because it, it, it was associated with his blindness and he was saying, no more of this. I'm going to get what Jesus has given me. So Jesus answered and said to him, what, what do you want me to do for you? Well, it's quite obvious, right? The blind man said, Rabboni, uh, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. His faith was twofold. He called on God because of covenant and he left his old life in expectation of the new one. So I just want to encourage you when it comes to the subject of healing, God's will always for you, for me, is that we be healed and well. And if that's been a struggle for you, just like I said, get before Jesus and say, okay, is there something I'm not seeing? Is there a lie I'm believing? Is there something that you have to do inside of me uh, to help me uh, open my heart in a correct way? Now, if after sitting before Jesus, you don't receive anything from him, then you stand in faith. You just confess the word, you stand in faith. Well, I don't understand. I confess the word, I confess the word. Well, wait a minute. Are you saying because you confess the word, now God is going to give it to you? That's, that's backwards thinking. We confess the word because we're coming into agreement with his word and we're giving the devil notice, no more. No more. By his stripes, I was healed. I speak to whatever this is, this headache, this, this growth, this whatever it is, and I command it in the name of Jesus to dissipate and die for my life because I've been given authority because by his stripes, I was healed. Amen. So we confess the word, we read the word, we believe the word, not because we're trying to get God to be thrilled with us. Well, if I do this, then Jesus will heal me. No, 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 no. We do these things from the motivation of, I'm coming into agreement with your word. Remember I said last week, God is, you're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us. And what I do lately is when I ask him, what do I do about this? Lately, what he's been saying to me is, speak to it. Speak to it. Well, that's kind of weird, Pastor John, speaking to his situation. No, I've been speaking to things. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that by your stripes I'm healed. Uh, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that this situation cannot be in my life anymore. I command it to stop and to leave in Jesus' name. We've got to take our authority, guys. And we have authority in Jesus' name that, that he expects us to use. So with that thought in mind, I just want to take a, a, a moment tonight just to, just to kind of open up and say that if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that absolutely is the first step. Absolutely and totally is the first step. And so if you haven't tonight and you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm just going to ask you in a minute to, to raise your hand because I want to pray over you and pray with you. If you've um, 
ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, but man, you just really want a fresh start because you just really been walking and doing your own thing, we can pray for you tonight too. So could I have every head bowed, every eye closed? If that's you tonight, either one of those two things that I just mentioned, would you please raise your hand so I can pray with you tonight? I won't ask you to get up or come up here or anything. I just want to pray with you. Is that you tonight? Okay. Everybody love Jesus here. That's great. Everybody look at me. You know what that means? We need to invite some people who don't know Jesus. Because that's really important. I just want to really encourage you. One of our four values as a church is we invite. So I encourage you. And I see several of you doing that every week, inviting different ones. And so let's just do that. Let's invite our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, people who need to hear the good news that we live by every day. Amen? Well, let me pray for you. Go ahead and stand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray the blessing of God over every single person here. I thank you, Father, that your mercy, your grace, and your favor surrounds them, helps them, ministers to them, and gives them grace this week as they go. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to their hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. If you hadn't got a chance to say hello, please come up and say hello so I can get to see you. God bless you.